You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. This is our last show before the winter meetings begin, which is reportedly when Aaron Judge is going to make his decision. This week, we got a reported offer from the Yankees. It's a big one. It would set records. It might not be enough, but it's certainly not disappointing. It's in the ballpark. Hopefully, the ballpark that it's in is Yankee Stadium. We're getting down to the wire here. We're getting conflicting reports on whether this is a 50-50 coin flip between the Yankees and Giants or whether the Giants have to sign six more All-Stars in order to make their roster interesting enough for Judge to make the leap. And by the way, is Hal Steinbrenner telling the truth? Because if so, none of it's going to matter anyway. He's going to pay the most money so the Judge can stay on the team he already plays on. But the winter meetings are coming up. We should know more about that specifically next week. Speaking of paying six all-stars to make the roster better. Some are predicting that's what the Dodgers are going to do. That and other fake rumors we'll talk about at the end of the pod. Probably the last week we can talk about fake rumors because we're going to get some actual signings next week. And the Boston Red Sox put gigantic ads on the sides of their jerseys. At least they made sure they weren't handing off the advertising rights to a diehard Yankee fan who wishes ill upon them. Oh, wait, they forgot. And that's exactly what they did. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. The audio feed will be up as soon as we're done live streaming, but we are also live streaming Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time on YouTube, on Twitter. And you can also find us, uh, well, in case news breaks, we might be there live uh, whenever that moment does occur. Uh, so stay tuned, all winter meetings long. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling about the judge offer? Ooh, I like it. Like we talked about, we 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 sussed out that uh, that nonsense on Yankees Twitter where people were like, "Oh, if the offers three hundred thirty million, he should laugh and go to the Dodgers." And then, since we've learned that the Dodgers are probably not going to offer three hundred million, um, we've learned since the beginning of the offseason that they're uh, 
uh, is a limited market for Judge. No teams can either, uh, not many teams can pay that price or would be willing to take the risk. Um, I think anything over $300 million is a fair offer. He was offered $213.5 million in the offseason. Historic season earned him about $180 to $100 million more dollars. That's fair. Making him the highest paid position player on an AAV basis in the history of the game is more than fair. Um, and then you have the other end of the spectrum here. The Yankees can't really bid against themselves. Offer what you can for Judge. Have him come back at the end and tell you what other teams offered him, and then that'll be that. Um, there is there is no disputing how much he's worth, right? There, it, it's it's a large amount of money. There, it, there there's a weird, um, I guess you would say, uh, spectrum of it. Uh, I think you can pay. I think you could pay a long-term deal for Judge and have it be over $300 million. I think you could pay him short-term and have it be really high AAV. I don't think that there's really anything that's out of the realm here. Um, so I think the Yankees going over $300 million satiates both of those things, right? He's secured long-term. He gets the high AAV, which is what players are looking for nowadays to, I don't know, I, do you feel cool being the highest-paid player on an AAV basis and not having the biggest contract? I don't know. That really wouldn't matter to me. I would just want a shitload of money to play baseball. But um, I think the Yankees started this off, if this is the starting point, as best they possibly could. Hit the 300 number, which I think is a crucial number. Um, it sets the tone uh, kind of – it sets it correctly, right? It's it, There is a willingness to go above that threshold, whether you view it as something significant or not. Um, and then you look at the years um, and the amount of money per year – and it comes out to a very nice number, a very generous number, getting paid more than Mike Trout on an AAV basis, who was a three-time MVP. Um, so I like where they started, and now the ball's in the Giants' court. As John Morosi said, which we'll kind of um, look back into this, is they'll have to offer more, and they're probably going to have to sign more people. So how does that make this a 50-50 shot? I don't know. I don't understand anything about that other than the fact that John Morosi has been the guy since the San Francisco video first dropped, uh, who was the one to say, hey, you know, uh, the Giants have a real chance here, right? Like Morosi was the one who got that San Francisco landing video. Morosi was the one who communicated its MLB network. Morosi has always been the one pushing the Giants angle. And like we said last episode, there are only two options in the judge chase right now. And Jeff Passan uh, whiz all over the Dodgers when they were trying to wedge their way in there too. So yeah. difficult for Aaron judge to have a proper free agency cycle, which he made it very clear. He was excited to do and which in some capacity is his, his revenge for the Yankees leaking the preseason offer for feeling like, am I really worth that? Is that really what they think I'm worth? Which he expressed to Anthony Rizzo earlier in the year. He wants to go on a free agency tour and mm-hmm. only the Giants seem equipped to make it interesting. So, of course, John Morosi is going to say it's actually closer to 50-50 because the offer leaked. Then Andy Martino tried to say the offer hadn't leaked, but I think he just got out scooped. Like, Jack Curry several days ago had uh, just offhandedly threw out eh, maybe something like eight years, 300 mil. And then passed and said the offer is eight years, $300 million. And then, you know, if you don't believe Jack Curry at this point, then I don't know what to tell you but he clearly is plugged in when he throws out numbers and specifics he's throwing out what the Yankees want you to hear so the Yankees wanted you to hear that then Jeff Passon threw out again seems to be legitimate that's the number then Martino wrote a column where he claimed you know uh, nobody knows the offer we're keeping it close to the vest uh you know Aaron Judge is a private person but 
this feels like coal. This feels like Sabathia. I know I've been around enough of these that it's starting to smell like a situation where the Yankees are going to get to the man. Now, Mr. Smells. Uh, I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, maybe he just didn't have the number and felt bad that he didn't have the number and tried to pretend like <laughs> uh, that's kind of what it felt like. But all of those columns came to the same conclusion. But then you have Morosi to the rescue saying, oh, hold your horses. Like that day's worth of Judge Yankees momentum where all the, gra- all the ESPN graphics because they only post about baseball when it's the Dodgers winning the World Series or Aaron Judge doing something interesting. Are like or the Dodgers they, getting eliminated. Or the Dodgers getting eliminated. They ditched the photoshops. They just put up – or somebody did some great photoshops of Judge and Yankees jerseys because if so, primo work. Very, nice. very nice job. Seamlessly getting him into the pinstripes. But uh, all the graphics yesterday were Judge as a Yankee, Judge smiling, uh, Martino hinting it was sort of a done deal, passing saying it's going to be – you know, the Giants are going to have to climb if they want to make any of this posturing make sense. And then you have Morosi all of a sudden saying, oh, it's actually 50-50. Think about it that way. Yeah, I'll think about it that way. But when everybody else is leaning in one direction, I will not be counting out John Morosi. We've made this extremely clear. Judge wants the world to know the Giants are in. Is he doing that so the Yankees will increase their bid? Is he doing that this week specifically so the Yankees will increase that $300 million bid? I, I don't know. It, it certainly feels like he is trying to juice more money out of the Yankees. He's certainly trying to maximize his dollars no matter which team he goes to. I suspect it's the Yankees, but he wants you to know the Giants are there. Whether he wants you to know that so that the Yankees pay him more or whether he wants you to know that because he genuinely intends to sign with the Giants in five days, I don't know. But the Giants are clearly the other team. So I would say it feels like gathering the average of all these reports that it's better than a 50-50 shot. He goes back to the Yankees. But if Morosi wants us to view it as a coin flip, or if it ends up being a coin flip, I understand that too. That's what happens when there are only two options. And I would, and I'm not doubting it's potentially a coin flip, uh, but in my opinion, in order for it to be a coin flip, there needs to be that, Morosi said today, there, there needs to be an assurance and an actionable plan that Judge will be surrounded by superior talent, that will build a World Series contender. And Aaron Judge is a smart guy. Pretty smart baseball guy. Knows what it takes to win. Knows what good players are. Um, I hate to break it to Giants fans, but the roster is bad. Your best player is Jock Peterson. Um, Your best pitcher is uh, Logan Webb, uh, which is not bad, but it's also not great. Um, The the 107 wins season as great and uh, successful as that was is looking more and more like a fluke by the day. Um, it was buoyed by uh, Renaissance seasons from all those giants veterans of yesteryear who now are no longer with the team with the exception of Brandon Crawford, Brandon belt played out of his mind. He had a 160 OPS in 2021 Buster Posey batted 300 OPS 900 Evan Longoria hit 20 something home runs. Like, That is not happening again. The Giants do not have that identity whatsoever. And if there is this actionable plan to acquire other people via trade, which I don't think the Giants can do because their farm system is not strong enough, um, then the other answer is via free agency. And that would mean spending a shitload of money and like beyond a shitload of money because Morosi is then saying that essentially for this to work, you got to offer Judge probably $40 million AAV over a similar amount of years that the Yankees offered. So that's a lot of money. Um, and then you're going to have to look ahead and see who you can bring in, right? Obviously, yes, this year the payroll is not that great 
for the Giants. They have, I think, $140 million committed. The next few years get very nice. They have a lot of guys coming off the book uh, books. A lot of arbitration-eligible guys are, are going away. Um, right now, $77 million and $70 million committed for 2024 and 2025. So there is a lot of room to work with, but this roster needs a rework in every capacity. Rotation. We talked about it last podcast. Rotation, bullpen, infield, outfield. There is so much here that needs to be redone for it to be considered a contender. Forget about contender status. Let's talk about the division, which is also what we alluded to last episode. Dodgers, not going anywhere. They're bringing up a brand new youthful core, and they're going to supplement that with more free agent signings on top of already having the veteran core that they have at the moment, even with letting guys go such as Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner. um, You have the Padres who – Say what you want about them. Yes, they, they, they've been largely disappointing, but they just made an NLCS run without their franchise player. This team is going to get better. A.J. Preller is going to figure it out. He's going to mix and match as he always does. He will make up four guys who are about to leave or who are leaving. He's been doing it for five years now. Longer than that, probably. He's um, going to make up four guys? Who is he, the yeah. Red Sox front office, trying to find a World Series MVP in 2018? <laughs> um. um you have Diamondbacks who are up and coming and they're rumored to be involved with a number of other big free agents. There was Alexander Bogarts. Um, so uh, I'm not really bullish on the Rockies, but they're also kind of up there. Not a bad team. Um, Giants, clearly not an upper echelon organization. Um, what was it? I, I was looking at their reference page. Made the playoffs six times since 2004. Is that a perennial winner that Aaron Judge is looking to go to? I understand that the previous history doesn't entirely – that that doesn't hold the most weight, but you look at the Giants' recent success compared to their success over the last two decades, and yes, they converted three of those five or six playoff appearances into world championships, but that iteration of the roster is long gone, not even close. The last one was 2014. That's almost 10 years ago. Nobody is there except Brandon Crawford. And Brandon Crawford's on his way out. He's probably gone, I think, after next year. He signed the two-year contract extension in 2021. So this team needs a total rework, and they don't have the top prospects and the young talent coming up through the system like the Dodgers do, like even the Yankees do, who historically the Yankees usually do not. So I don't know how the Giants would have to acquiesce this. It would have to be signing DeGrom, Rodon, um, uh one of the star shortstops, um, Brandon Nimmo, and that's going to be that. That'll be a Yankees 2009, you know, expenditure type thing, which I don't think the Giants are willing or capable of doing. Um, so when you look at it through that lens, hard sell from Morosi to tell me that this is a 50 50 shot unless there is six other moves lined up, ready to be executed on Sunday. And then judges like, hey, you know what? We're ready to go. Let's sign off on this. million deal. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The championship DNA, you're right, is largely gone outside of Crawford. Brandon Belt is a free agent. Buster Posey retired, and, and I wish he were still playing in the game because yeah, maybe he had a year or two left to make the Hall of Fame or make the case easier, but he's gone. Uh, And so all that's really left is the ownership, even the managers in Texas now. Um, And what's strange with the ownership is you can say, yeah, that's the continuity from the championship era, but ownership priorities change over time. Every new ownership group, the goal is let's bring a title. Like until they bring a title to their city, the best owners, the goal is we won't rest until we do it. That's what they did in Boston. And that's specifically where I'm looking here because Boston Red Sox ownership saved that city they they brought them theo epstein they brought them a world series in 2004 they did it again in 2007 with an all-new core of young players 2013 they completely reloaded and yeah that's the players on the field but and that was like a cost-saving year and that year was kind of a miracle but another title they build up the 2018 title they go get dave dombrowski who's the person you don't get unless you're trying to win a championship immediately he does it and then the aftermath of that David Dabrowski title, it kind of feels like the Red Sox ownership went four is enough. Now we're going <laughs> to diversify. We're going to go to Liverpool. Like we care about financing the soccer team overseas. LeBron James is buying into the ownership group and the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts. The Red Sox take Xander Bogarts to the wall and might be losing him this offseason. And if they do, they're going to be looking at trading Rafael Devers. They can still reverse course on Bogarts, but it really feels like with the hiring of Bloom. They're trying to be more like the Rays. They can say they're trying to be the Dodgers and be a sustainable burn and churn contender out East that has uh, room for a superstar trader contract every offseason. That's what they claimed when they hired him. But in reality, it seems like they knew they were making one last sacrifice with Dombrowski. And for now, they're committed to running out a product that wins or loses in a Rays-esque manner. 
the John, I don't know if the Giants ownership is like that. I don't know. But what I know is that Larry Barron company uh, built this up. The San Francisco had never seen a World Series before. In much the same way, the Red Sox hadn't seen one since 2018. The San Francisco Giants, one of the league's iconic franchises, did all their World Series winning in New York. The Giants had never won a World Series in San Francisco prior to 2010. So there's not only is there a drought, Although 20, you know, doing it in 1918 for the Red Sox is basically like never doing it because literally nobody was alive between the two. So it's basically like it never happened. But there was a Red Sox championship history in Boston. There was nothing in San Francisco. The Giants had no titles. They win in 2010, 12, and 14. They build this. I mean, it's not really this like megalith contender. It's kind of surprising. You show me that core and you tell me they won three. It's surprising to, to think about that even eight years ago. Um, and then that team made one more postseason in 2016, scuffled. Madison Bumgarner goes. Uh, Matt Kane goes. Linscombe retires early. Posey finally retires. Belt is a free agent now. Brandon Crawford playing out the string of his deal. Marco Scudero gone. Panda on the Red Sox. Like the, the DNA of that team, the players are gone. The ownership is still there. Uh, but 2021, they, they win that 107 games. Who built it? Farhan Zaidi, whose whole ethos was finding talent at the margins. Again, in the same way that I Am Bloom is trying to operate in Boston. It's working in LA. They have a monstrous budget. Everywhere else, it's about this exercise in pretending that you've broken the baseball algorithm by being able to find talent no one else can find and signing people and remaking pitchers on the fly. And, oh, look what we did to Shelby Miller in two weeks. And sometimes that gets you 107 regular season wins. And sometimes the team with more talent bounces you in the immediate next round and you have to refocus. The Giants don't have that sustainable championship level young core right now. If they do sign Judge, it's because they have a lot of immediate plans to go absolutely nuts on a free agent market that isn't that promising. We've talked about it. The Yankees don't sign Aaron Judge. Who do you really want? Benintendi, Nimmo, Rodon, like, there are a bunch of guys who you could overpay and have a B, B minus offseason if you don't sign Aaron Judge, which is the reason we want them to go so hard after Aaron Judge. Because when we hear they're going to have an 09 type offseason, it's like with who? A shortstop when your guys are finally ready to come up? Jacob yeah. DeGrom, Justin Verlander? I mean, what are we talking about here? The, the Giants are either going to have to show a ridiculous, relentless level of commitment to building that for Judge in the immediate future, or they're going to have to say it's not this year, it's next year. Or they're going to have to double down, triple down on scouting, figure out this farm system because the Giants' farm's future is no great shakes. So what they've built is if seven veterans, if Evan Longoria and Belt and Crawford and Posey and you know Alex Cobb have the best years of their life, you can win a ton of regular season games and yeah. lose to the team with more star power. Uh, so if Judge wants a sustainable contender – it's probably more likely that he's going to find it in New York. If Judge wants to go home to San Francisco and the two teams match money or the Giants outbid the Yankees, then yeah, he'll go there, which is why it feels like would love to know what Judge is thinking because if that's what he's thinking, if he just hey, wants Aaron. to go back, then he's gone. Uh, but if it's about money and mystique, it's not like the Yankees don't have mystique. If he's willing to stomach playing in New York, which seems like he's he's found it quite appealing in, in recent years, if the money's equal, I think he'd go to the Yankees, which is why I don't think 
it's a true coin flip because the Yankees are claiming the money is going to be equal or that they're going to lap the field. Uh, I mean, I think if the Giants had also offered eight three hundred, we would have heard it by now. Yeah, and the and of course, yeah, obviously, and then you have the flexibility that the Yankees have, right? We don't think we would bet that they're not signing a top shortstop, right? We would bet they're not bringing in another high-profile position player outside of Judge, right? But they could. They could do that. They could trade the prospects for more pitching. They could trade the prospects for anything else, you know, depending on who's on the market. If Corbin Burns is on the market, for example, um, if uh, if Pablo, you know, I don't, I don't. None of those top prospects would cost Pablo Lopez, but Pablo Sandoval. Oh yeah, <laughs> Pablo Sandoval. Uh, there is, uh, you know, Lucas Giolito you can theoretically go after. Um, I, there, there are options out there where the Yankees have enough firepower in the farm system to look at another team and be like, look, I, we don't know if you're going to contend next year. Here's a way that you can kind of contend within the next two years. So the Yankees are not going to do that, but they have the power to do that. The Giants do not have the power or the leverage, um, or I, I don't think they, they, they have the persuasion to work that out with another team. So that's another if push came to shove and Aaron judge came to the Yankees and he's like, I don't know if we're good enough. We really need to get better. The Yankees could make stuff work that they would be uncomfortable having to do, but they might acquiesce for judge because they know how important he is. There is no combination of free agents on the market right now. I don't really think that you could replace judges production. Um, Even a Nimmo and a top shortstop. Like, I just don't know. I understand Judge's 62 home run season is not a regularity. It's and same with the the the, the 59 year. It's or 57 year. It's it's not it, that that's probably not going to happen. Now that maybe happen one more time probably throughout his prime. He's more so a 40 homer guy. But mm-hmm. even if you combine the be- like two of the best guys on this market, I don't think you're going to be comfortable with the production you're going to get from that with what you would get from Aaron judge plus another, you know, maybe a couple of smart uh, moves to bolster the bullpen or a really, really good starter to round out the top five or a left fielder that you feel really uh, comfortable with. Who's an actual true left fielder. We're talking about signing Brandon Nimmo, putting him in left field, Cody Bellinger, putting him. Those are not left fielders. They don't play left field. We need people who can play good defense on left field, provide the type of hitting profile that we're looking for. Um, and that might be explored on the trade market because Andrew Benintendi is pretty much the only natural, like actual left fielder. And I don't know if that's the answer for the Yankees. So um, once again, another argument in the Yankees favor, if they really needed to go outside their comfort zone to make other things happen, they could do it. The Giants cannot. Unless Aaron judge had such a productive meeting with the Giants that he walks into Brian Cashman's office and just is, is bummed out that it's not the same front office and goes, what, no Farhan Zaidi now? <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been sitting on that one for like seven minutes. Uh, sad. Some of my life is sad. These are the things I've just, I was really sitting on that one. Pablo uh, Sandoval at a buffet right now. AJ. Uh, Aaron Judge is AJ. Yes. Mr. Soprano. Um, yes, it's been a long offseason. And he's the only rumored name for the yep. Yankees. So truly, like, we keep trying not to talk about Aaron Judge. And it's like, uh, all right, let's talk about Justin Verlander for eight minutes. And then we we do. And at the end, it's like they're not, they're not even really talking to him, right? And it's like, no, of course not. Why, why would they be? Uh, Two guys who have only had one meeting. 
outside yeah. of their respective teams. Verlander met with the Astros. Jim Crane threw him under the bus. Then he visited with the Dodgers. Yankees spoke with Judge. Judge goes to visit with the Giants. We've heard nothing else. So how are these markets materializing? Um, you know, for example, if Judge wants way more money than the $300 million the Yankees are offering, how could the Yan- what are the Yankees going to do? They're just going to be like, sure, we'll give you more money because you want it when the market's not defining that. And same with Verlander. If Verlander wants the Scherzer deal, which I think he, you know, he deserves something in that range, I guess, at least the AAV, maybe two years, not three. Um, if nobody else is willing to offer that, like last offseason, the Dodgers offered Scherzer $36 million for two years. So Steve Cohen was like, fuck it. Let's go $40 million, $42 million for three years, and now you're mine because you didn't want to come to New York, and now I have to make the extra concessions to make you do that. So movement right now is not fast. I think it'll pick up over the winter meetings. Maybe we can expect a couple of more face-to-faces with Judge and Verlander with other teams. Um, but right now, don't you think we've lived through many off-seasons so far? Shouldn't there be a little bit more traction here if these markets are actually more wide-ranging than we're expecting them to be? Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. That's why Chris Kirshner's column in The Athletic today was so exciting. It, it was like a dream offseason, but yeah. it was just like a brief reminder of what offseason should look like. And then you're like, oh, I don't know. But of course, we're just going to we're going to sign Aaron Judge. I think too many fans have accepted that we're people are now saying we're going to do nothing else. If we sign Aaron Judge, we're going to do something else, something pretty significant. But we're not going to sign Yoshida out of Japan and Carlos Rodon which is what Kirshner posited, which guess what, Chris, that's the right off season. That'd be a great off season. They the should season we want. Yeah, they should do. They should do that. 
Uh, I just don't think they're going to. I think Jose Quintana and relievers and a left fielder. It's whether it's Benintendi or whether the Astros prefer him or whatnot. And by the way, while we're having this conversation about what the Yankees are going to do and how this is a slow moving off season and how teams just don't load like that anymore, the Houston Astros already signed Jose Abreu. They're going to sign Wilson Contreras and they're probably going to sign Benintendi too, or a third no. Bellinger. I mean, they're, they're all in folks. Um, but like we said, they're already the best team in the American league and in baseball. So who really cares? Uh, next year, next year is not the year. They're not going to be the best team in the American league. It's up to the Yankees to make it a, make it a dirt fight, get in the dirt, make it close, make it so that if Jose Altuve, uh, gets blinded by a laser pointer in the middle of game seven, that like it's close enough that a weird thing could twist it around. Throw some rocks. Chuck some rocks, chuck some rocks at guys. Let's talk about, uh, MLB rumors. Cause We've got some fake rumors. We got some real rumors. Oh, I think yeah. the fakest, funnest rumor is the Xander Bogart stuff. So I do just want to talk about that real quick because yeah. if you're asking me about what my dream offseason actually is, like Bogarts, if in a vacuum I could add one player who's a free agent right now, it's probably Xander Bogarts. Like not over Judge, but in addition to Judge, Buster only yesterday started saying that the Yankee that might be the Yankees pivot if they don't get Judge. Again, both of them, both of them is fine, and, and Bogarts is really helpful because. A, hurts Boston to lose him, doy. B, contacted power specialist, 15 to 20 to 25 homers a year, even if he regresses 12, 13, 14, still going to hit 300. And he had his best defensive season of his career at shortstop, but defense isn't his calling card. So he doesn't want to move off short yet, but he's going to have to at some point, no matter what team he signs with, the Red Sox, the Padres, the Yankees, someone is going to move him off shortstop. So it's not like, oh, the Yankees want to disrespect him by forcing him off his position. He's going to have to. So when Josh Donaldson's gone, boom, third base. Second base, natural fit. Uh, DH, if you sign him to too long a deal and he ages out of playing the field in general. Um, it's it's no like, it's not like somebody being frustrating, popping in, being like, eventually you're going to have to move your position. Everybody knows it and he knows it. He just wants to delay it. And the bat-to-ball profile is a perfect fit. Uh, in DJ LeMahieu Stead, alongside Aaron Judge. He's a great running mate, and he's clutch. We all know he can hit in the postseason. He's got two rings, debuted in the 2013 playoffs as like a 21-year-old rookie and held his own, kept taking walks. He's great. Uh, but what's his future? For for so long, everybody said he's Boston's plan 1A and then also 1B, C, D, E, F. And the Red Sox front office said he's our offseason. Like they said it a couple weeks ago in the same way and the same breath where Hal Steinbrenner said, I'm not going to get outbid on Judge. They said, Xander's our offseason. Well, they lowballed him before the season started and then didn't really engage with him during the season. Then Peter Gammons yesterday said he Xander has severed all communication with the Red Sox and has moved on. Scott Boris refuted that because why would he not refute that? Like, imagine the leverage he would lose if he was just like, you know, is that report on Xander closing the door on the Red Sox true? Yeah he's not going back there like scott boris knows xander knows the red sox and they asked the red sox people yesterday about is that door closed or whatever and they're like you know we'd be open to anybody coming to us ever at any point in time kind of sounded like they knew something they might have severed the ties (laughs) they might have severed the ties but of course they'd be open to bogart's returning at their price which is bad uh but for the first time in a long time it's starting to feel like he might not go back there uh, the Padres are the favorites, I guess. 
He followed them on Instagram yesterday, I guess. Although that seems like a fun Boris thing. Like you should follow the Potters on Instagram. Uh, and he posted an Instagram story that was like, I'm accomplishing greatness or whatever. Um, all in all, definitely still a fake MLB rumor. Peter Gammons is plugged into Boston of all places. Yeah. Peter Gammons also had the Garrett Cole Yankees signing first. And everybody yeah. wanted to say, well, we didn't because uh, all the uh, the tweet had crazy typos. And it was like Garrett Cole to the Yankees for nine years. Uh, but <laughs> just because the tweets have typos doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he definitely knows what he's talking about with the Red Sox. People were saying, you know, maybe that fake rumor is a negotiating ploy. What kind of – who does that help? I guess it would make the Red Sox up their offer in theory. But also, the, if the Red Sox – if he hadn't really cut ties with them, then they would know that. It wasn't like they were finding out this fake thing. Like, they would already know. Uh, and also, Gammons is a Boston guy. All Boston people want Xander Bogart's back in Boston. Not sure why he would intentionally try to make the Red Sox upset with the tweet he sent, unless it was real. Do you think, is, is this a fake MLB rumor? Is this just me having fun for the one day when it feels like Xander Bogarth might not be a Red Sox? Or is this something that's real? I think it's just having fun. Um, it is we fun. Know, we know 90% of this stuff is bullshit, right? It's even some of the stuff that's 95. realistic. is Some of the stuff that's real. Justin Verlander to the Dodgers could end up being pure bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um it just, you know, they, the Dodgers are famous for creating smoke screens. Um, we just don't know. The craziest one so far, and this only exists to piss idiots like me off, is the Rays being in contact with Jacob DeGrom. Oh, yeah. On what planet? The Rays have done, the Rays have made one significant investment. It's Wander Franco, and they made it in the most calculated manner they could. They got what they he played for one year or played for a portion of a year. This is a generational talent. We're going to pay him a shitload of money, but the money's not going to matter until year six when he's producing at an MVP clip. And then the amount of money that we're paying at that point is going to look like chump change based on what we just, what, what we're giving him at this moment. So they made the calculated cost-effective move to sign Wander Franco long-term. So, they could get the deal out of the way. They could suppress his market as early as possible. It's kind of like what the Padres did, except the Padres paid a lot more money for Fernando Tatis. Small market teams are at the mercy of having to do that. You convince a young star to stay there, and it gives you a building block for the future rather than you having to look four, de- four years down the road and be like, well, we got to retool again because that's what the Rays do every year. But this is doesn't make any sense. The Rays traded G-Man Choi this offseason to clear space. Cut Kevin Kiermaier to save space. They cut Ryan Yarbrough to save uh, payroll, payroll uh, competitive balance tax space. Those are all contributors, cost-effective contributors. I guess maybe at this point, Kiermaier was probably a little bit too expensive. But the Rays value defense. They value continuity in, on some level and leadership on some level. Getting rid of those guys who have been – very good for you over the last however many years doesn't seem to make sense. And also clearing that amount of money is not going to make any room for Jacob deGrom, who's probably in the 40 million range at this point. There's no world in which Jacob deGrom is taking a, you know, an inflated one or two year deal to rebuild his value. His value is his value. So I don't know what the razor are, are. I don't know what the angle is here. The angle here is that The Yankees were linked to DeGrom early on, right? We know that that's bullshit. You want to get a fake MLB rumor out of the the way right now? It's the Yankees and Jacob DeGrom because that's not happening. 
The Rays mm-hmm. getting involved here is nothing more than a report to get people fake scared. The Rays are not. The Rays have never taken a financial risk ever. The Wander Franco deal is not a risk. It's actually a very smart move. Um, outside of paying Tyler Glass now like twenty four million in twenty twenty four. I think maybe paying Charlie Morton was their largest expenditure. Um, so that's bullshit number one. If they're calling DeGrom, it's for uh, recommendations on how to get more, more fans in Florida because DeGrom's from Florida. So you can draw the Florida connection all you want. Uh, he's from Central Florida. Rays are obviously in Tampa on the west side. Maybe Stuart Sternberg was like, hey, man, what do, what do the people in DeLand, Florida think? What do, people, what do people in New Orlando? How do we get the people from Orlando over here? We need more folks. Um, and then maybe we could sign three years when your price goes down to 15 million a year. Um, secondly is this Rangers stuff. And, and I'm not taking a shot at the Rangers because um, I actually respect what they're doing. They're throwing a shitload of money at people. They're trying to ratchet up the engagement, get the fans involved, get people pumped up, get free agents interested because, Oh, Rangers are offering money. How many times every off season we see free agents are interested or the Yankees are linked to free agents no, for no other reason than they know that, oh, this team offers the most money, so I can make the most money going there. The Rangers have shrewdly created enough payroll flexibility to be able to be involved in these conversations. Saw it last offseason. Corey Seager gets $325 million. Marcus Simeon gets $175 million. John Gray gets $56 million. Um, this team is still so far away from contention. They need to – they're wreaking more desperation than anything. I think giving Martin Perez the qualifying offer was a little bit mental. Um, I don't know if you agree with that. That's the $20 million for an an okay middle, middle of the rotation pitcher. And we Um, didn't give it to Tyone. Who's going to sign a deal. That's going to exceed John Gray's four year, $56 million deal. Uh, Oopsie. Could have used that draft pick. Yeah. So um, yeah, that would, that actually would have been nice to have the draft pick. Um, But uh, now you have reports that uh, Rodon is, or the Rangers are the front runners to land Rodon. Um, Rodon, obviously a Boris client. Boris clients, in my opinion, are more inclined to take the most money possible. Look no further than last offseason. Corey Seager went to a Rangers team that had nothing and is now there for the next 10 years. Chris Bryant went to Colorado, a team that has nothing that really kind of has a difficult trajectory lying ahead. Um, so I understand that there's that element of it, but Carlos Rodon to me seems like a guy who loves to win. He's kind of plays with a ton of emotion. Unlike some of these other Boris clients, Garrett Cole went to the Yankees. It wasn't really on his list. The Yankees offered a shitload of money and that was it. Um, I know he's a Yankees fan, but uh, there were the rumors previously that this wasn't really a place he wanted to go to blah, 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 whatever. Boris clients take the absolute most money. It's just the way it is. It's how they set the market. It's how they establish their, footing in the uh, players association. Um, and it's good for the league. It creates the, you know, it, it, it elevates um, the prices for the mid, the mid to tier three guys. I, I like it in the, in, in the end, you know, make the owners pay all the money. Fans will come to games. Everyone, everyone is happy. Um, but uh, the Rangers need much more than, you know, one really good pitcher Rodon more, more so profiles as a number two, um, just because of his durability and his overall body of work at this point. Um, I don't, and they're, they're also reportedly, you know, one of the top two or three for DeGrom. Um, DeGrom supposedly said he was interested in going there. I don't know how true any of this is. 
it doesn't, it feels more forced and contrived than it does organic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a smart high end free agent and you're looking at the Rangers, you are of the understanding that this team has two more off seasons to build anything that resembles a contender. You have to play the Astros every year in this division, which is not going to end well for you. The angels are loading up and I know the angels are a joke, but they've actually made a couple of really good early moves to get ahead of the, uh, get ahead of the curve so far. They always do though. And the Mariners are good. The Mariners are good. So if you're looking at the Rangers as a free agency opportunity, it's to get paid and that is it. So I don't know if I'm believing all the, all the stuff here. Oh, you, you must have missed all the Rays fans taking the DeGrom offer really seriously because there were a bunch of Rays fans on my feed yesterday being like, this is, what the Ra- this is what the Rays do. They make competitive offers for top free agents. Now it's on DeGrom to see if he chooses it. It's like, earth to Rays fans. They offer one-year deals for $22 million. They don't sign anybody. No one has chosen the Rays. Like, oh, well, if you look at the raised budget, this actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, of course. The raised budget never goes over $60 million. <laughs> losers. They were competitive for Freddie Freeman. Sure. This is no. the same shit. This is the same thing. Yeah. I'm sure no, they talked to Jacob DeGrom and, and the Rangers. You're right. It, it's, it's, it's the latest edition of a payday hole. It's yeah. A-Rod signed the largest free agent deal in MLB history with the Rangers in 2003. The Rangers are weird. That's not how they built their contending team. Their contending team was developed. Ian Kinsler, Nelson Cruz, all those guys. But apparently now they're trying to to remake the 2003 Rangers where it's a bunch of 30 homer, 100 RBI guys, no pitching, and they win 84 games. Uh, So, uh, (laughs) yeah, let's see. Carlos Rodon, maybe he's the guy. We've got a guy. I don't know if this is infuriating to me. I don't know if it's infuriating to you. We have a guy watching the stream on Twitter who's tweeting back at us. And when I try to reply to him, it's saying I don't have the right because he deleted it or he restricted it. Then why can I see it? But I'll respond to you live on air, Tom. Greg. Tom Carson. Uh, And I'll respond to you live on air, Tom, because your whole argument about why the Yankees won't sign Aaron Judge and why the Giants will is that the Yankees and Giants have equally low chances of winning because the Yankees are just going to run it back. You said that's the Yankees' plan if they re- if Judge resigns is to just run it back. Maybe nobody knows that, and I'm singling you out because this is the most frustrating thing I've seen on Yankees Twitter. Yankees fans who are all 17 are frustrated with the current direction of the team. They've agreed that the Yankees are going to run it back and do nothing else. Which, by the way, they can do things in 2023, four, five if they resign Judge. It's not a one year plan. They're not giving Judge a raise contract. I don't think they're going to do much this offseason if they re-sign Judge beyond bringing in a left fielder, reinforcing the rotation, and calling up the kids. But that's a good deal of stuff considering the free agent market isn't very interesting right now. And again, they still have the future to make supplementary moves. Plus, you can't tell me the Yankees aren't closer than the Giants. They won 99 games last year. And then they fell out in the ALCS. It was a disappointing end of the season. But you can't in good conscience say that running it back is disgusting. They won 99 games. If they run it back and improve the team next offseason, that is still more appealing than what the Giants currently have on the roster. And there's no evidence they're going to run it back. Beyond you being worried they're going to run it back. 
Yeah. I mean, and I get that fear because I am not really optimistic of the Yankees. Uh, hey, look, running it back. Uh, what, what do you view running it back as, right? Do you view it as um, not spending more money, not spending yeah. a lot more money? Because you're right. They probably will not spend a lot more money after a judge expenditure, but there are trades that can happen. Um, there are um, lower cost signings that can happen. There are aggressive moves with their prospects that can still happen. Um, so there are, there's other manners to upgrade and you're right. We're probably not going to see a whole lot of them over these next few months, assuming judge comes back, um, which would make 2023 kind of a bust, right? We've talked about that a million times. 2023 might just be another year. Might not be the year. Look at the Astros. It just might not be the year. Might be, might be an ALCS ceiling year. You lose to the Astros again and Astros fans. Fuck you. I'm sick of hearing from all of you. All of, uh, what do Astros fans do? All you guys do on Twitter is you search for Yankees blogs and you probably look – what other teams do the Astros even hate? Is it just us? Yeah, they don't even care about care. their division. They're not even competing in the same sport. All yeah. they care about is the Yankees. How could you hate anybody in your division? You've had a cakewalk in the division for six years. There's a, They have no rivals. Nobody even cares about them. They search Yankees blogs out. Their entire Spotify wrapped is full of Yankees podcasts. They have nothing better to do. They just won a World Series. They cannot keep to themselves. They can't enjoy the time. They can't enjoy the victory. They're just going back and looking at stuff that we're writing about Judge or Jose Abreu or Justin Verlander. Figure something else out to do. There's a whole world, an entire world with endless possibilities um, to uh, fulfill yourself, and you're just not doing it. You're doing a really bad job on social media. It's embarrassing. Um, you're still whining about 2020 and how fans still think your team's a bunch of, uh, you know, cheating dirtbags. And that's still partially true, but it doesn't matter. You want to enjoy it. You can laugh at everybody going into Yankees blogs and other teams blogs for whatever reason is annoying. Anyway, the, the league still runs through you. You are the best team. That's the way it's going to be unless the Yankees make large concessions and, uh, big overtures at other free agents or make some splashes on the trade market. Uh, Like I said before, a Corbin Burns or a Lucas Giolito or a couple of high leverage relievers. Um, It's going to be a run it back year unless it's a magic year and Giancarlo stands healthy the whole time. And DJ LeMay, returns to full strength Um, and Anthony Rizzo hits another 30 home runs and Glaber Torres returns to 2018, 2019 status. If he's still here Um, and if Harrison Bader doesn't drop, you know, pop-ups in right center field, uh, yeah, then we're talking about we're talking about something magical, but we haven't seen that since 2017. We're not going to bank on it. Um, judge coming back means that there is a longer term plan. There's people coming off the books after next year, the year after that. There's going to be more flexibility. So to assume that this is a dead end here is you just not looking past your nose. Yeah, uh, today an Astros fan hopped into our mentions and started talking about the World Series they just won. That was the first time I'd seen an Astros fan talk about this year's championship yeah. ever. Uh, the, the final pitch of the, the last out was recorded to the World Series, and they were like, okay, great. Now that that's over, here's a thread on why Jose Altuve never cheated. Like, thread emoji, one of 69 tweets. Like, that. your whole life is either hopping into Yankee blogs or defending things from five years ago that we've all actually kind of moved on, but you still feel the need to defend them. Uh, so congratulations to you. Seems like a miserable existence. Celebrate your title. Before we sign off, uh, let's talk about the team that used to be the Houston Astros, the Boston oh. Red Sox. The thorn in our side, 
The peop- We still can't get past them. Uh, they're about to start an entirely new era of baseball. We still can't really get past them. I would Is love it to baseball? Win a- I would love to win a title before they do. That would just be great. Uh, I don't know if I can guarantee that. I simply can't look you in the eyes and guarantee that, folks. But the new Boston Red Sox, who may include Xander Bogarts, may not include Xander Bogarts, may be looking to trade Rafael Devers. Uh, maybe Nathan Evaldi's gone. We don't know what they're going to get out of Chris Sale. Uh, and if they were going to trade Alex Verdugo at some point, remember that? Like, yeah. you know, what happened there? Um, might already be hitting the reset button just two years into that. I have no idea what's going on in Boston. But I do know that they held a press conference yesterday uh, to ex- to announce a very uh, important marriage between the Red Sox and Mass Mutual, uh, the first ever Red Sox jersey patch sponsor. It's coming for the Yankees, too. So don't get on your high horse. I hope Yankees it's jersey mates. Yankees hired a PR firm to figure out the perfect sponsor last year. Jersey Mike's would be great. Uh, you know, anything if blimpy, anything New York based would be fantastic. It's probably going to be, you know, the the bull or Johnny Walker or something. Uh, <laughs> some weird high class sponsorship tie in. Uh, maybe it's like one of those Japanese billboards that's always in right field. I don't know. But the Red Sox chose Mass Mutual. They jumped into the pool first, and uh, the ads are huge. Uh, I I don't really have an issue with them, but I get why you would. They're they're obtrusive. And Kike Hernandez tweeted something like, "Well, at least you can barely see them, or whatever," sarcastically because they're huge. Uh, but that's not the worst of it. They handed the mic to the Mass Mutual chief Roger Crandall, who uh, talked about how he was excited, what a big opportunity. It's going to be ten years of a partnership between the Red Sox and Mass Mutual. Crandall ended his speech by saying he wished the 2023 Red Sox better luck than the 2022 squad, but still hoped they finished in second place behind his favorite team, the Yankees. This is much worse than when a Red Sox fan buried David Ortiz's jersey in the new Yankee Stadium during the construction process and it got dug up and unearthed. You have willingly sold some of the soul of your franchise to a man who got on the mic during the press conference announcing the soul selling to say, I hope you lose and I hope you perform worse than the New York Yankees. This is fun. It's fun. I'm having fun. I just, I don't know how you could be a Red Sox fan right now. And the, the only thing you have going for you as a Red Sox fan is you won in 2018 and you won more recently than the Yankees. And it's crazy that that's like, they even have that because it's, and they obviously have the, uh, wild card win um, over the Yankees in 2021. So they still have the leverage. They have the theoretical leverage. But man, uh, you who's conducting the business dealings there? I mean, you that's a PR disaster. And usually the Yankees are famous for those. Um, the human and, and we talk all the time about this Yankees front office with the loss of the human element um, and just any sort of attachment to the interpersonal aspect of the game. This is one of them. Obviously I know it's a money-making deal, but the, the guy who runs the operation is a Yankees fan and, mm-hmm. and makes a comment about the Yankees in the press conference to introduce the deal. Um, and then you have the dealings with their homegrown guys. Mookie Betts trade, talk about it a million times. Don't really need to go into much further detail there. The Xander Bogart stuff this off season, uh, and whether they, whether they, th- you, you have an argument with Bogarts, right? It's like, okay, he's aging a little bit. Um, he plays a position that he's going to have to move off of. Do we want to invest this money? Great. Let Bogarts go. Okay. But you're not going to pay Devers what he wants. Devers, who's like pretty 
freaking great all around and yeah. his defense is a little bit iffy. I understand that, but you're not finding too many um, you know, steadfast gold glove third baseman out there who can hit the way that he can. He'd be the best DH in baseball immediately if you made that conversion at any point. Yeah, there's it's just it's wild how this is how they're conducting business. Um, they've been loosely mentioned with some free agents. It was like Mitch Haniger. Uh, they were interested in Tyler Anderson for five minutes before I'm sure that price tag was too big for them. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know how I don't know how Jared Kravis is still doing business right now. Um, and still has his army behind him, but it, it's it's tough. It's pretty it's pretty tough to be a Red Sox fan at the moment. Obviously, this can all flip on its head. They can prove us wrong, and they could pay people. But we've seen how things like this transpire when you're starting to kind of disillusion certain free agents and certain um, uh, franchise icons. And the Red Sox are doing a really really bad job all around. Really bad job, guys. Uh, but looking forward to seeing those mass mutual patches. For a long, long time, constant, indelible reminders of the New York Yankees' uh, place in your history. Uh, it's really, I, I thought the Red Sox left the Little Brother stuff behind in 2004. I felt like they just, you know, it all wiped off their shoulders, rolled down their back. And this is the most Little Brother moment I've felt since 2004. Because even when the Yankees tried to make a move to punk them, it didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. they, they signed Jacoby Ellsbury for a trillion dollars, and he was barely there. And then he got invited back to the Dustin Pedroia ceremony in Boston. Like we couldn't do it. We tried. And then you did it to yourselves. Uh, as a wise man once said, congratulations. You played yourself. Uh, that is it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast and this winter meeting preview. But that doesn't mean it's the last time you're going to be hearing from us talking about transactions. This offseason, pre-winter meetings, they begin next week. We will be on Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern time for the full hour Trying to talk out, make sense of what we're hearing. And if Aaron Judge signs at a time when both of us are awake and able to react to it, we're going to do exactly that. If he doesn't, then you'll hear from us the next day. We'll make sure to go live at the very first opportunity. But we're going to be tracking the news. We'll be all over it. You can tune in both live and on the feed. That gets published to all your favorite podcast platforms afterward. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all your favorite apps. We're going to be there. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Uh, Tom Carson, whoever you are, please stop deleting your replies. I don't see this guy. Yeah, he deleted. He deleted it. That's the thing. I can't respond to it. He's he's accusing us of. Uh, he he's apparently the only man smart enough to know what the Yankees offseason plan is, and I wish he'd share it with us. Uh, but he's deleting it after confidently asserting that he knows. So I guess maybe uh, not so much. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Tom, please reach out. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at. Yanks Go Yard FS. That is the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account. A lot of you have found us. Uh, haters are welcome. Um, just be a good hater. Don't don't be a bad one. These are they're just so bad. It's not even it's, fun. It's really sad. Not to it's not even fun to engage with this. I you love want another good. fun one. We got a fun one during the pod too. Um, I said that you know the Astros fans pivoted right back to defending Jose Altuve, and never celebrated their championship, mm-hmm. and a guy just responded. Yeah, no, it was more relief after winning it all and shutting everyone up after all the BS lies the Yankees organization and fans have spread and even getting mainstream media to buy into the buzzer theory for a while. So these threads are like beating the Yankees in the playoffs. Inevitable. Oh, oh, the Yankees organization lies. Okay, InfoWars MLB. Like what, what is going on with you? At InfoWars MLB. Good. It's not even fun. You can't argue with them because they believe the craziest pop. Like, yeah. 
you're saying it's crazy that people believe the buzzer theory when Jose Altuve kept his jersey closed and was like a certified weird guy after hitting that home run. You can can you at least see why people thought that might be legitimate? Maybe still do. Uh, you, you're not worth talking to. You're you're, you're you don't you believe what you want to believe. It's it's not fun. Swiping left on you. Left is the wrong way. Uh, left is bad. Yeah. Left is bad. Fuck off. Um, anyway, you can also find us yanksgoyard.com. We have content already planned out for the entire weekend. We got ahead of it. Have some inclination on, on certain things. We're having a good time. Uh, we will be on top of all the other rumors and reports. So keep on heading over there. Um, you'll find our bylines there having a great time. Um, until then have a good weekend. Winter meeting starts Sunday evening. It is, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so we could get some traction there. I'm hoping for a midnight pod next week. Maybe we're both up. Maybe we had a cup of coffee at eight. Can't go to sleep. Judge signs. Blockbuster trade. We'll be here. Enjoy your weekend. Keep your eyes peeled. Have a good time. Maybe new Hall of Famers on Sunday, too. Worth shouting out. The committee is meeting, and it's going to be probably Fred McGriff's getting in, but Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly also on that ballot. Uh, Blue Jays legend Don Mattingly finds out if he's in the Hall of Fame again on Sunday. So uh, we'll give you an update there when we know it. Until then, we'll see everybody on Monday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.